Welcome and thank you for joining us at Christian International Ministries. Our vision is to help you hear God's voice to change your world. For more information about this and other resources, please visit www.christianinternational.com. I just want you to know I only have 11 pages of notes. But don't worry, it's all large print. <laughs> and um, we will believe for the most important things that need to be said will be said. And the most important things that need to be heard will be heard. Amen? So he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And he who has wisdom, let him speak quickly. <laughs> um, we do celebrate and honor our kids that are going back to school this week. Has anybody already started? Live in a county that's already started? Well, good. Tomorrow is your break, <laughs> all the parents. And so we're grateful. And this morning, I do have a sermon caught entitled Generations, Honor and Treasure. But before I get there, I want to honor a generation that has already been to school. Okay, first of all, I'd like to honor Pastor LaRue Lackey. All right. And I'd love to honor Pastor Bill Lackey. All right. And then, of course, Pastor Dan. He's already dismissed. But you know what's interesting? The stock photo image that came with the presentation software looks just like him. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and of course, we have Pastor Lisa Mitchum. <laughs> She's sitting in the back with our grandkids. I love saying that. Our grandkids are in the house. It's nice to have Josh and Candace too, but <laughs> and then, of course, Pastor Dean. You know, I, I don't have pictures of pastors Tom and Jane, but it's just not right to make fun of them when they're not here, you know? <laughs> I don't have any, sorry. I, I, I kind of thought about this late yesterday, so, or, uh, you know, yesterday, so too late to round up some pictures. But anyway, uh, I thought that was fun. And, you know, it's interesting as we think about generations today um, that we honor and treasure one another. You know, when you honor, you think of an older generation. When you treasure, you think of a younger generation. How many of you have kids that you treasure? Amen. You really, really just love them. And how many of you love your parents? And you appreciate their generation. You honor you know, those before you. And even those generations that you're not exactly connected to, how many of you appreciate and honor those generations? and treasure the kids in our church. Treasure the kids in our community. The kids of our nation, even bigger than that, the youth of our world. Amen. Um, so I just really think it, it's awesome that we can do all these things together. And wow, this floor is really slick. The podium just moved. It's just a power. I'll take that one. 
<laughs> That's right. But I was curious. How many here are brave enough to say that you are 90 years or older? Anybody here 90 years and older? Miss Annie. Miss Annie. Do we have any other Annie? Is there any other Annie but our Annie? Annie up. So let's give Miss Annie a hand clap. Is anybody here brave enough to say you're between 60 and 90? Stand up. Those between 60 and 90, stand up. Woo! Let's give them a hand. Thank you all. Anybody here who's between 30 and 60? Between 30 and 60. All right. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen. Any, anybody here under 30? Woo! Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So they're the least represented besides Miss Annie. So we can talk about them. All right? Is that fair enough? <laughs> no, we want to honor each group. And, you know, as I was praying this morning, I felt like the Lord gave me this phrase, the river of life. And that's kind of what we've been talking about this morning and singing about this morning and worshiping about this morning. You know, spirit, take me where my faith is without borders. Let me walk. Let me talk. Walk upon the waters. Amen. And I really felt like that as we look at generations, generation to generation, there really is a river of life that continues to flow. That God has established in the beginning of time, even upon this earth, you know, that he would create families and create generations and for that to take place. And I'm curious, is anybody here who has never received a prophetic word today? That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't have to. I don't have to prophesy. Wow. <laughs> but the, the um, scripture that the Lord reminded me of was Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And John is saying, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. And in the middle of its street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. On both sides of the river, the tree of life, all yielding its fruit in every season for the healing of the nations. Amen? Not to be confused with the kneeling of the Haitians. That's if you're praying for Haiti, okay? That's right. Now, John 7, 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You know, Bishop has really been stirring us up with living water. And he's talking about generating that power, that praying in tongues. And, you know, it's interesting because Abraham, because of his faith, God made a promise to him. 
And in Genesis chapter 12, it says this, I know the Lord, I now, the Lord say to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God made an amazing promise to Abraham. He said, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now I'm telling you today, it's in you to bless all the families of the church. It's in your DNA to be a blessing to families of the nations. It's in your genes. Somebody say that over yourself. It's in my genes to be a blessing to the families of the nations. Now, it's interesting, but we need to be those, this will be a new phrase or a paraphrase of what Bishop has already taught us. We need to generate generations of generators. Sounds like reproducers of reproducers who reproduce reproducers, doesn't it? When you generate, you start something. A generation, amen, of generators. That we continue on what God has called us to do and what God wants us to do. And in order to start with blessing the families of the earth, we got to start with the heart of the Father. And that's love. God so loved what? The world. Then he turns around later on and says, the way I'm going to love the world is through every generation generating blessing to other families. He started with Adam. He went down the line. Then he calls out Abraham and said, through you, I'm going to do this. Then he brought forth Jesus. Amen. Then he poured out his spirit on all flesh. Every one of us could be a generational blessing. It doesn't matter if you've been a downline receiver or not, you can create your own generation of blessings starting right now. How many of you are the first believers of your family? See, you're already starting, you're generating a new thing. You're causing that to come to pass from your line down. When we start out with love, you know, God, it was interesting, God gave his begotten son to save his created son. Think of how amazing that is. He gave his most beloved son because he loved his created son just as much. See, our love is expanding. Amen? It's expanding to outside of our DNA. How many of you appreciate, you know, it's, it's so easy when Bishop, when you're in the house where Bishop is, because he's always a good reference point. <laughs> right? Because how many of you know he's called the father, one of the fathers of the prophetic movement? What do you mean? What do you think that means? That he, he generated outside of his own DNA. He caused the families of the earth to be blessed by teaching us all to hear the voice of God and that we could prophesy and establishing the prophetic movement in the earth. Why? Because the voice of the Lord does what? Brings life, right? <laughs> the voice of the Lord brings life. 
You know, it's interesting when you think about that. How many of you have a heart for kids that are not your own? And you can cry watching YouTube. You don't know the person. You don't even know their name. And you're going, <laughs> why? Because it touches you and your heart. You know, you got a heart for kids. You know, it's, I, we're just so blessed. If y'all don't know, our oldest daughter, Candace, we've been talking about this, who grew up, you know, with us in this house and her and her husband moved to North Dakota four years ago. And praise the Lord, they moved back. And Josh's family's from North Dakota, so we pray for them because they're lost, you know. <laughs> and, but Josh came here to go to Bible college many years ago. Went away with a degree and a wife. And we didn't advertise that part. <laughs> but anyway, um, Candace had Gavin when they were here, and then she birthed twin girls while they were in North Dakota. So we have three grandchildren, and we're so glad. Two of them back there with Lolly and Mimi. You got all these names you got to remember now. It used to be mom and grandma, right? So we have Eden and Janelle back there, and Gavin is. So anyway, praise the Lord for that. But you know, it's interesting. How many of you here know Tyler? Maybe I should ask who doesn't know Tyler. The, the, man is, the young man is making a name for himself. It needs to be polished <laughs> and the reputation rounded, you know. But, you know, I, so many of you have taken Tyler on as your own. You have loved him because you knew when he came into this house, into our family. You also witnessed with us that he was a promise of God, a fivefold promise. We wanted five kids when we were married. After Brooke, our second daughter, was born, Lisa was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. At the age of 28, had to have a full hysterectomy. And we could have no more kids, but we desired more kids. God brought us into foster care. We adopted two kids on our anniversary. A year later, they called us and said, Mom had another child. Do you want them? And that was Tyler. So that was the fifth child that God brought into our home and blessed us with. And we, you know, and many of you loved outside of your own DNA, outside of our own DNA, and became the family for them. And our girls, you know, they were the oldest. They had to choose into that, you know. They had to choose to give their love. And thank God they did freely and openly. Amen. And family members and grandma and Darlene and all those that reached into those families. You know, it was interesting because we did foster care and we had Juby and Austin. And you can't spank kids when they're in foster status. If you're a foster parent, you can't spank kids. So we stored it up. And we gave them an advance on their inheritance. <laughs> no, just kidding. We, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I grew up, you know, my dad was a sergeant in the, in the army. My mom was full of love, but full of discipline. And there's just certain things you didn't do and get away with. And because, uh, you, you know, you got corrected very fast. Wonderful thing about spanking is it's portable. Anyway, so we went for a season, you know, this month where we couldn't spank these children. And we kind of, there was more mental stress in my house than we'd ever dealt with. How many ways can I correct this child without lighting up on them, you know? So we were visiting our family back in Daytona one time, and we were talking about this. And I said, do any of y'all have kids that need spanked? I need to spank some kids. All right. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> they said, you're going to say, wait, my kids. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to unleash it. So anyway, anyway, so when we become those who love the generation, the families of the earth, right? We can love those who we are born to. We love our families, right? We can love those who we're blessed with. We can love those we create, but we can also love those we choose to be with. Spread the love. <laughs> but it's on purpose, amen? It's why, because we know that God has put in us the gene of blessing. And that I can bless people. I can encourage them. But you see, the, the, uh, the side thing of this is blessing is not a moment. It takes a lifetime. To bless a generation, to bless a family, takes continuously love and care. And that's what makes a church body so powerful, to be able to love one another as family and to move with one another together. You know, God is so powerful. It's like Psalm 68 verse 5 says this, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Every time we gather together, orphans and widows and the fatherless should feel in, like they're in the presence of God. Why? Because eventually God becomes their father or their family. Amen. Through us and through himself. And so it is powerful in the generations. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Amen. You know, it's really interesting to see the love of God. Anybody ever wondered when you had one kid how you could love more than one? Then you had two, and it amazingly expounded. Then you had three, or whatever. You know, my family, we were 12 of us. She continued to generate love. <laughs> it's amazing to me. So, as we go a little further, this is really interesting. You know, um, you can choose to bless someone or not. You can choose to withdraw your affection or your influence or you can choose to allow it to go forth. I'm going to tell on Miss Sue this morning just because she's here. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth embarrassing her. But anyway, you know, her and Darling have become really good friends and when she was excited to hear our grandkids were coming, and she wanted to be a part of their lives, the twins. So she pulled out an old table that's been in her family for a long time. And the chairs, there was a small table, and the chairs weren't that good a shape. So she got Pastor Dan to help her out to get the chairs. And she said, I want to be a part of their life. So she took her little table and put it in at Darlene's house. So that every time they go to visit Darlene, who, who her name is Lolly, her great-grandma name is Lolly, I told her, one day when she gets married, we're going to have a lollipop. <laughs> anyway, so they go over there. So it's so cute. And she wanted to know, you know, what are we going to call Miss Sue? You know? So one of the twins themselves, we, call, we told her, this is Miss Sue or Grandma Sue. And later on, she, she, I got, she started referring to her as Gigi Sue. So they looked to her as Grandma Sue or Gigi Sue. And Miss Sue chose to be a blessing. She chose to bless the families because it's in her genes. Amen. Now, 
what we, as we close today, well, that's what I thought. It's 11 o'clock. <laughs> okay. Um, God, this scripture is really powerful. This is Psalm 78, verse 1. 1 through 7. And it's, I'm going to read the scripture, and I really feel like you to listen and hear what God is saying in this scripture. Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my law, and incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open up my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob. Can I get a testimony? Somebody got a testimony? Can I get a witness? (laughs) He appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make known them to their children, that they should make them known to their children. Let's clap for our kids. They just came in. Whoa, kids. That they may see, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but his commandments. Now, in this scripture, we have three generations that it refers to. It talks about the fathers who have a responsibility to teach their children And they have a responsibility for the generation that is yet to come. Verse 6 says, The generation to come might know the blessings of God, the children who are yet to be born. See, our challenge is we cannot reach the generation to come without going through the generation that is. We have to bless through our DNA, through our genes, through our generation, those who will bless the ones that come after us. We need to look at that as a family and as a church body. There is a generation that is yet to come to this church. It doesn't matter what age they are. They are a generation yet to be born again. And we are looking for that. Why? Because it is in our DNA to bless all the families of the earth. So the generation now, the generation next, and the generation to come. We need to understand which of those we fit into because it's important. Most of us in here are in the generation now. We have a responsibility to influence the next generation that we might influence the generation to come. See, David was a generational thinker. So, as we look at this, there are three things that we have to do, and I'm going to go quickly. Everybody like the number three? I like it. One, two, three. By the way, you know you're from an older generation if you still have a landline. Anybody still got a home phone?
You know you're from an older generation when you can remember phone numbers. Now we just got names, right? And our, anyway. How many here use a Snapchat on their smartphone? Anybody use Snapchat? Mm-hmm. Snapchat. You know what we had a Snapchat? Hey. That was our Snapchat. <laughs> anyway. All right. So three things we have to do is to make room for the next generation, make a way for the next generation, and make them ready for what God wants to do with them. The first thing to do is to make room and say, hey, you belong. You have a place. This is your house too. Amen? And it's not just the younger. It's all. It's all. Amen? Making room. Now, don't you think we had to make room for Candace and Josh to come in? We got to a point where we only had two kids left in the house and five bedrooms. I had an office. Lisa had an office. Wow. Well, we had to give it up. <laughs> they needed two bedrooms. Jimmy had to move around. Tyler had to move around. Lisa went down to the, to the small studio that was kind of like the pantry. Now it's the studio. But she's generating there. She's creating there. And we're grateful for that. But I know you have to make room. What do you say? You know what? I used to walk out this far, but you know, now I'm only going to go this far because I want you here. I used to do all the preaching, but maybe I'm going to let some more preach. Come on. I used to do uh, all the worship, but now we're going to let some more people do the worship. Come on. I used to do all the prophesying, but we're going to let more people prophesy. I mean, you don't appreciate we make room for the next generation. You know? I used to, I used to have all the opportunity. Now I'm going to give somebody else opportunity. I used to have all the comfort. Now I'm going to share it. Amen? Amen? All right. So moving along. Now, see, God has done three things. He established a testimony. He appointed a law, and he commanded the fathers to, that we should make known to the next generation. All right? So when, you, when God establishes a testimony, it's not just in him, it's in you. You have a testimony about God. And we need to make sure we tell our kids about God's in the testimony. How you got saved is a story worth telling. How God has been there for you is a story worth telling. How he has provided for you is a story worth telling. Why? Because your testimony is one way that you overcome. But it also builds faith to the next generation that they can expect God to do more for them. Because unless you face adversity, who needs faith? I mean, really, we need faith to be saved. Why? Because we're facing hell. Let's be honest. As Bishop said, hope of gain or fear of loss. But thank God, amen? Now, it's really interesting, it's really wonderful that, you know, my mother-in-law, Darlene, she met me when I was 15, and she's always been an influence in my life. Sometimes when I wanted it, and sometimes when I didn't. And one thing she used to say to me a lot when we were younger was, what's the Lord telling you? Constantly. As a teenager, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And then we used to get to the point where uh, he's telling me to tell you to quit asking me. 
<laughs> but she's full of love and grace. But I, I, you know, she's taken the effort and the time. She's got a new book coming out, and it's just called This Is My Story. Jonathan, if you'd flash that up. It's about ready to go to print right now. It's called This Is My Story. She's putting down her testimony. She's telling her testimony, her story. Amen? And many of you, whether you publish it or not, you need to tell your testimony to your kids. Tell the testimony to the families around you that you can influence. Now, what is it we're supposed to make known to the children? We're supposed to make known His praises. They need to see us praise God. We need to make known His strength and His wonderful works. So get that in your head. His praises, His strength, His wonderful works. That's our job. We're supposed to know that. How? Through experience, through previous testimony, through the Word of the Lord, through experience that we can share. All right? That's the responsibility. That's the three main things that God wants us to share. So the generation, that's our responsibility. The generation that is coming up, you know what their responsibility is? Is to hear to rise and to declare. It's not enough that they hear what we say. They must rise up. They must be able to declare what we have said with what God has said to them and their generation. That's the generation now. As that generation rises up, their responsibility is to teach the next generation, the generation to come, to be prepared for the generation to come, that that generation might hope in the Lord, they might know His works and keep His commandments. So those are three things. Each generation has three areas of responsibility. Generation now, our job is to know, tell, and show His praises, his wonderful works, and his strength. The generation now, uh, the next generation, is to hear, rise, and declare his praises, his strength, and his wonderful works. The generation to come. They are to hope in the Lord, to know his commandments, know his works, that they, for the fourth generation, might be able to show, tell the third and fourth, fifth generations after them. Now, as we close out, and this is where we're going to do this. Remember, a river of life must have a source. When you're connected to God, when that river flows from the throne, and when Jesus said, if you believe in him, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, speaking of the Holy Spirit. And when God said to Abraham, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, there's absolutely no reason that you can't be a blessing. That you can't affect families and generations around you. But there's things that we do together that are going to help us influence those generations. And how you know, talk is one form of influence. Living is a greater form of influence. Living out your belief, 
displaying your belief, saying what God has said. So in order for us to get there together, we have to worship together. That's a lifestyle, not just a meeting. Number two, we have to work together. We got to teach the generations how to produce income, how to produce reward, how to produce effect, how to produce a crop. Amen? We got to work together. Number three, we got to war together. We got to teach the generations how to win. The reason we go to war is to win. When God is on your side, spiritual warfare is to win not to lose. There should be no doubt in our mind when we fight in the Lord's behalf and when he fights for us that we're going to win. We work together, worship together, and war together. We will win together. Amen? So how many of you appreciate the age you are right now? I wish I could, I don't want to do this, but I understand now how I could show my parents appreciation for what they did when I was younger. I thank them now, but now, anybody ever heard somebody say, you just don't appreciate this. We're at that point, all right, where the blessing is beyond question. The influence has been ours to have. It's in your genes to be a blessing to the families of the earth. And the best place to start is right in your house and grow your dominion from there. But I'm rejoicing today because I have the opportunity to be blessed by you who are a generation ahead of me. I don't care what your age is. If you're advanced in some area, I've been blessed by it. Amen? I've been blessed, and I'm thankful, and I'm grateful. But as we experience, as we display the river of life of families and generations, be expected to bless on your right and on your left because your banks are overflowing, and the trees of life are there, and the healing of the nations is in the leaves. Amen? Hallelujah. Pastor Greg? Amen. Hallelujah.